0: Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red White Authority presented by Labatt Blue. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 154. And as always, Labatt Blue is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. It's delicious. And remember, if it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, or even in a pandemic, what better way to cap off your day with an ice-cold frothy Labatt Blue, but we do ask that you drink our Canadian premium beer responsibly. With that said, let's bring in Sean Horkoff, no stranger to this, uh, this podcast, the Director of Player Development and Assistant Director of Player Personnel for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Sean, thanks for joining us. Uh, really appreciate your time. Hi, Art. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, I really want to get into it. You know, certainly we, I think we had you on just after the pandemic when there were. A lot of things that we're still, maybe even today, a little bit up in the air. But um, I know that you've probably settled into, into a routine. What is your job like now compared to what it was like when there was not a pandemic?
1: Well, it's definitely more difficult. Um, we've had to become very creative. You know, not able not able to get out and see these kids live, spend time with them, you know, get to know them, especially for our new draft picks. Um, You know, it's been difficult, but the same team is in, you know, all the teams are in the same boat. So it's not like we're losing a competitive edge. I think, you know, the biggest thing for us with, you know, Dan Cleary and Nick Cromwell, you know, and Brandon Narado and myself, is just come up with creative ways to, uh, to work on whatever these kids need to work on. You know, I think obviously the computers become our best friend and we spend a lot of time on them.
0: When I, I, I'm curious because I'm under the assumption that uh, Brandon Norado who uh, it's good to see you and Brandon getting along since one's a Spartan and one's a Wolverine uh, and, and and then you have uh, uh, Dan Cleary, whom you guys are all here in the United States and Nick Cromwell is in Sweden, which I guess would be a benefit for you.
1: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a huge help for us obviously given the the, the amount of uh, European draft picks that we have. Um, And on top of that, too, you know, a lot of our prospects went over to play this year, the majority of them in Sweden. So uh, it's been really nice having him on the ground there. He's been able to get to some games live, uh, obviously meet with some of these kids in person, meet with their strength coaches you know, meet with their skating skills, coaches, their head coaches. So it's been nice to have a, uh, you know, to have someone on the ground.
0: Well, what is that like? I mean, do you then have to really rely And you know, obviously Nick is not that far removed from being a player, much like yourself, really. Uh, is that, do you, do you kind of, are in contact with him a lot more because of the time difference? And does he send you may, maybe more detailed reports? Has his job kind of uh, evolved since he was first hired after his retirement? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: we, we work very closely, talk almost daily. Um, you know, like I said, it's just a, it's just an extension of our team there. You know, it's been obviously with, with having Nick and you know, both Danny and I, it's been a welcome addition. Obviously, you know we both played uh, forward. You know, having Nick come on with the experience that he has playing defense, um, and just just how good of a player he was is, is a valuable asset. And, you know, it's always easier easier dealing with with these kids when uh, you have people that have played in the NHL, people that they've watched, um, that they're uh, they're used to seeing, that they can really, uh, you know, uh, you know, really put a face to. Uh, to 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 an NHL player that's actually dealing with them personally, it, it's a big advantage because they seem to they seem to be a little more interested uh, and pay attention
0: just a little more. Well, I know that you're in contact, obviously, with the people on your staff, and and as you said, the computer is your best friend. I would imagine that maybe even the satellite dish might be your best friend if you can watch, you know, a, a lot of uh, Swedish hockey league games. Uh, seem to make find their way onto television, depending on what uh, uh, kind of uh, cable package or satellite package that you have. With all that said, Sean, what I'm really con- uh, I, I I really am wondering that do you have to now? Uh, are you watching more games than ever? Which sounds kind of crazy. Uh, because of the situation where you're in, where you're pretty much, for lack of a better term, kind of landlocked.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think the the computers become our best friend. Um, You know, we're, we're you know, like I said, we're fortunate that we do have a lot of people playing. Um, you know, like it depends all these different leagues where there's college, you know, especially over here, some are playing, some get shut down. You know, BC Junior Hockey League just got shut down for a little bit. College is starting to pick up. But At least in Europe, there's been a pretty steady influence, or, you know, it's a steady dose of games over there. So there's been lots to watch, you know, and on top of that as well, there's obviously other teams' uh, prospects uh, are playing hockey as well. So, um, you know, it's not the same as in person, but there, there's still lots of work to be done.
0: Well, now, uh, you know, you mentioned you mentioned it. And mm-hmm. what I find really kind of interesting is that if, if, if you look at it with all, with all the guys that you have, and they're all over the world, and they're all in different leagues. You know, yesterday, the Swedish Junior League shut itself down. Team Canada's World Junior team had a COVID outbreak, and they have to shut down. Uh, I mean, how difficult has that been for you, trying to figure out who's playing and who's not playing?
1: Uh, well, it's really not that difficult. You just have to stay up to date daily with what's going on. Obviously, we have Sabrango and in, in, in Team Canada's camp. Um, that's a tough situation for them. Just in, in general, as a team, there's lots of players there. You know, having that outbreak with them having to slow down. Uh, the J20 League in Europe obviously isn't ideal. Obviously, Niederbach was a top two in scoring when it got shut down. He was playing, playing great, playing a lot. You know, the nice thing is we don't have a, a real large influence of players playing in that league. Um, but with having that, you know, that shut down. Christmas. At least they got a good a, a good amount of games in up until this point, so it's not like they, you know, they haven't played any hockey. And it just it, it is what it is. I mean, that's uh, that's the world that we live in. Uh, I think it's 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 not going to stop anytime soon. It's you're probably going to see some very similar things in all the different leagues and all the different areas in the world uh, go through through shutdowns until the end of the season, uh, and we just deal with it uh, day by day.
0: Well, I, I know that you you're, you're pretty much trying to keep as normal as uh, as it can be. Uh, concerning the parameters that you have to work under. Uh, but, uh, I mean, how difficult is this? When you when you look at it from your perspective as the uh, director of player development, uh, for these prospects, the guys that were just drafted and the guys over the last couple of years, is this, as much as you don't want it to be, is, is it really a challenge and a step back for them in development? Or have you been able to pretty much do everything you wanted to do, even though, as you just said, it's not really in person? Um, Well, first, you know, to your first part, we view it as a,
1: as a challenge and we view it as an opportunity to, to take a step forward. You know, there's many, many players are in the same situation. All organizations are in the same situation. So we feel as a development staff, if we're able to, to do a better job, um, you know, get more of our players playing, which I think we've done an excellent job of that. You know, we, besides the drafted players, you know, you have Heronic and Zadina and Lindstrom, um, Larson, uh, Veleno, Ras, uh, Sider. You know, we have a we have we have a, a heck of a lot of our prospects, uh, pro prospects, that are actually playing over there, um, playing games, getting better you know, uh, still developing. So I think we've done a good job as, as an organization placing as many guys we've, we've been able or possibly been able to. Um, so we don't feel like we're taking a step back at all. Uh, for the guys that aren't playing, yeah, it's been, you know, it, it, it's been difficult for them. Um, but we've done a good job of trying to figure out, you know, each individual person has a different scenario. You know, maybe lots of guys have some guys have, have a good availability, of ice and skills coaches, and maybe you're skating with their team. Other guys have nothing at times. Right. So, you know, you just have to be prepared. Um, the nice thing is this thing started a long time ago. We were ready for it. We kind of had a good idea in the summer that this was what it was going to look like during the year, uh, put lots of off ice uh, workouts together. You know, skill, uh, skill, skating packages together. Working with both, uh, you know, Tracy and and, and Brody uh, Tutton, who are skating coaches. So we feel like we're we're as prepared as you can be. But like I said, every day's different, and uh, and we're trying to get better in that every day.
0: Well, I, I know that, you know, the Quebec League started, the OHL and the, the Western League, and I know that league is very, very important. It's a huge developmental league, the Canadian Hockey League system. Uh, uh, you know, I, I know that the Quebec League has had some some outbreaks, but I, I, I want to concentrate on American colleges because it's an interesting situation is that the Big Ten, Big Ten is now playing hockey. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State have played the last couple of weekends. Uh, uh, and then uh, I'm going to take a prospect, Jack Adams, that we've talked about as one of our bloggers. Uh, You know, he took all of last year off uh, because of a knee injury that he suffered uh, in the red and white game at development camp, and then Union College canceled his season. So now I believe he's going to Providence College because he needs to play hockey. When something like that happens or when colleges aren't playing, do the Red Wings, even though he's not under contract, do the Red Wings get involved in that? Are you trying to help him find a place to play? Or would a player, in Jack's case, only using him as an example, uh, that that you would go out and try to help find a place to play?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, first off with Jack, he's worked extremely hard to get back, uh, you know, from the injury that he suffered here in development camp uh, last year. Obviously, you know, it, it was a, that was a really tough one for him. Um, you know, and then obviously when the news came out that Union was going to cancel her season. You know, I got on the phone, both with Dan Cleary and I, I got on the phone with him uh, You know, right away with his uh, advisor as well. And, you know, I think it was pretty clear right off the bat that Jack wanted to play hockey. And he, and, and once we figured out that, you know, he was able to do that and do that this year. Uh, yeah, we got to work. I mean, in terms of choosing for Jack, I mean, that's, that's never our philosophy or our situation. Um, I think we, we, we helped Jack through it. You know, we answered any questions that he may have, you know, made a few phone calls to coaches and and teams that he wanted us to, um, and really just gave him, like I said, we provided him with information, but at the same time, you know, we want our, we want our kids to you know, to mature, to, to, to make decisions on their own. And, um, and and Jack was able to do that. But we're just excited that he's found a place to play and he's, got, he's going to play actual hockey this year.
0: Right. No, I, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, you know, someone that I know I- I- extremely well, I know how hard he's worked. As I said, it's been documented in the blog series. I can't wait for his next entry, which will talk about uh, what happened at Union and then him uh, going to Providence. Uh, uh, now, with things opening it up, as I said, the Big Ten is opening up a little bit. I know that the development program, um, in Plymouth is is going. They're starting to be hockey played. Um, do you go to those games at all, or is that more prospects that are playing that maybe are undrafted because most of them are, are young? Or are you going to have the opportunity now to travel a little bit? Um,
1: yeah, yeah, we do have the opportunity to travel a little bit. The problem with you know Michigan just shut down all, all you know, up until I think for the two weekends, um, Michigan, Michigan State. They're allowing a very select number of of NHL scouts into the building that has been shut down up until January 1st. No one at all is allowed in to see live, Um, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, there's some teams that are allowing again, a a small amount of players. Um, I am going to be going out to Wisconsin this weekend uh, to watch some games, but uh, I know the NCHE has a bubble going on. That's going to start up very, very soon here. And, and they as well are only allowed one one representative per team um, in there. So yeah, you know, if we're allowed to go, trust me, we're, we're, I'm sick of watching computer, computer hockey. I'd love to go out there and watch some live hockey. So we're going to go and do what we can and try to get to, you know, to as many live games as possible, not just myself, but as an organization. Um, but it is it, it's, it's very limited right now, especially over here
0: well sean i mean it it really sounds i mean i i know that you're doing the best of uh what is really an unprecedented situation, but boy it, you know i I guess just like for everybody, everybody that's listening to this knows I mean everything seems to change every day practically I mean you really have to be adaptable in these times, well, exactly right
1: i mean i text for, I text with the you know, the, the, the ticket director in Wisconsin, for example, just, you know, uh, yesterday, like, I know I have tickets for, for this weekend, but are we still good to go? Because, you know, there's it, the state can make some laws. Each university, you know, even if the state was wide open, the university itself can make the decision not to allow people in there. Um, you know, we're not we're not even allowed to. If we do get in there, we're not allowed to make contact with the players at all. Uh, so and, and, and you're right, just every every state. um is, is in a different situation so you just kind of have to to really just keep yourself informed on on um, on what's going on and, and, and we're doing that as an organization as well we have you know numerous group chats with all the scouts um, you know that, that and, and just keep you know if, if you hear something or some sort of information we just we, we put it out there on the group chats so that everybody keeps updated on on you know what the the live viewing situation is in in in, in each you know in each area
0: yeah, I really wanted to kind of paint a picture for everybody about exactly what what you're going through. Um, and and before I get to the uh, uh, to the prospects that are playing right now that have been part of the Red Wing organization, I want to ask you about the prospects that were just drafted, the uh, the twelve draft picks that the Red Wings just had in the twenty twenty draft. That was in early October. Um, uh, once that happened, do you make contact with with all twelve of them, do you have a program fairly ready? Did it take you a couple of days once you got the final list of of who's who and what your, uh, you know, what you would like to see them do from a Red Wing perspective as far as you know, working out and uh, honing in on their skills?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, nothing's really changed there in the way we attacked the draft. I mean, obviously, the only thing that was different was the fact that they they weren't all getting on an airplane and flying in for development camp. Uh, so that was a bit of a disadvantage, not a big, a big disadvantage because really we have them for, for five days uh, immediately after the draft where you really get to, you know, get to know them, um, not just us getting to know them, but but they get to come in, they get to see our facilities, they get to meet all of our staff and and it and it's a large staff. You know, if you count the pro staff, the American League staff, the strength and conditioning staff, um, the development staff, the coaching staff, I mean, there's a lot of people to get to know. So they kind of missed out on that and we we put together a sort of uh, of rough uh, Zoom initiation kind of call uh, to try to introduce them to as many people as we possibly could, and especially the people that they were going to be in contact with um, so, so that they at least could, could put a face to uh, to the name of the people that were going to be soon to contact them. But, but yeah, it was just obviously a little bit different. You know, we had our, our skating coaches reach out, our, our skill coaches reach out. Each one of us on the development team individually reached out to each one of them, um, you know, you know, once we get the individual work done, then we start as a staff reaching out to everybody that's associated with them so in terms so you, of, you know, skill skating coaches and, and, and whatnot.
0: Right. I So, so you didn't have, I, I would have, you know, for lack of a better term here, like a big Zoom call with everybody and then have, you know, again, I'm just, uh, you know, asking here, like Lisa McDowell, who's a team nutritionist or something like that, you know, give a presentation or anything to, to all of them together. This was more just reaching out. To yeah. all 12 individually right we did we had it we
1: had we had a full team zoom chat okay. uh with all the with all the draft picks and then uh, the problem with the difficulty with doing that is is time right it's hard right. to find you know a lot of our all those guys are playing games over there um so i think we had 10 of them on at one point and we had to do individual ones with the other two after um but yeah we did we, had, we 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 opened up with an initial large one with everyone and then we we started with individual zoom chats from then on um, but really what we, you know, we went into everything as a development staff with them, and then we kind of handpicked what they needed. If they needed help with nutrition, if they needed help with skating, if they needed help with skills, if they needed help with, uh, strength and conditioning, um, all that kind of stuff. We then put an, a list together and had each individual person in that area, reach out and do zoom chats with, uh, with each player dependent upon what their, uh, what their necessary need was, which as a development staff, then we overlooked and then would put together ultimately a game plan uh, that we change pretty much by, you know, by, by weekly now.
0: Um, I, I want to get into some of the prospects. Uh, I, you know, I could go on about this, you know, and it might be just me, Sean, I find your job, uh, what you, what you do in development in drafting, I find it fascinating. I, I, you know, maybe cause I've watched hockey now more than longer than I can remember, as I like to say. So, uh, but, but I, I'm going to try to get off maybe the, uh, the particulars of what you've been going through and asking about a few players. Let's begin with Lucas Raymond, who is playing for Furlunda in the Swedish hockey league, which I still want to call the Swedish elite league. Um, I mean, he seems to be tearing it up. Um, how much contact have you had with him or is that basically uh, Nick Cromwell's responsibility?
1: Uh, well, both. I mean, Nick's obviously been there in person uh, quite a bit. Uh, we've had numerous calls, zoom calls, uh, video sessions with him online. Um, he's a good player. He's a really good player. You know, and I think, um, I think the one thing with Lucas is you can just see that the, the talent and sense and, and skill that he has, um, but even more so the, 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 drive he has, you know, he, he's got this quiet confidence of him. He, he knows that he's good, um, but he wants to be great. And I think there's been a, you know, even talking to his coaches this year, I, I was able to watch him Quite a bit last year because we had we had uh, a few drafted players playing for London in the, in the J20s, so I was able to see him quite a bit. And I think uh, there's been a big maturity, even when you ask his coaches, a big maturity not just in his game but his personality, um, you know, during this last year. And he just seems motivated and even more uh, dedicated to, to becoming as you know as good a player as he can be. So there's lots to like about
0: Lucas. Uh, taken in the second round at 32 overall is William uh, Wallander. Uh, big, big defenseman, big left-handed shooting defenseman. Um, how, what kind of contact have you had with him? How is he doing and progressing right now?
1: Um, good. I mean, in terms of contact, it's listen, we're in contact with these guys constantly. So it's not even like, yeah, to ask (laughs) the question is the same with all these guys. Um, you know, like I said, we we try to get as many in person with Nick as possible or the guys that are over there, but other than that, you know, we're doing, uh, we, we, you know, we do zoom, um zoom calls. We go over their shifts with them. Uh, we talk to them, you know, so there's, there, there's tons of contact. I think with him, he's just a, he's a real big raw, raw kid. You know, there, there's, there's, there's some ability there. Um, obviously he's a, he's a kid that's played, you know, played well and, and been a name to, to kind of follow um, for, for the past few years. Um, but like I said, there's some fine tuning in his game that he's going to need to do. He needs to get bigger and stronger um, needs to find more dedication in the gym, uh, but there's lots of raw ability there. And, and, Development staff likes like raw ability, so we're looking forward to working with him.
0: Well, you know, I, I've asked Steve this question, Steve Eiserman. I've asked Chris Raper this. Uh You know, obviously he was a longtime Red Wing player. I mean, obviously so was Steve. But uh and, and I know that you know you've been captain in the NHL. I mean, I, I know you know what it takes. But the number one criteria I've always, since I've covered the Red Wings. Again, longer than I care to remember, has been high hockey IQ, high intelligence, that they know the game, they can think the game. Um, have you seen that with these draft picks, that these are, not only are they talented players, but they're smart hockey players?
1: Absolutely. I think we, you know, we as an organization definitely keen on that, but I'm going to add one more thing, is we want to compete as well. Right. You know, you, you can have all the sense in the world, but if you're not going to compete and you don't want it more than the guy next to you it really isn't going to be all for naught it's not going to matter um, so I, I, really it's those two things that we look for um, you know obviously it's difficult to find it. as you get lower and, and farther away from the first overall pick in the draft those guys are getting drafted later for a reason there's obviously deficiencies in their game that uh, that they need to work on and obviously the perfect uh, you know uh, we'd all love guys with high, high hockey sense with unbelievable compete and tons of skill (laughs) that's those guys go first overall, you know, like, so it's difficult to find those guys. So really you're trying to find players that can develop into that. and and that are good people and really that want to put the work in that it's going to take in order to, to become uh, not just an NHL player, a regular NHL player, but uh, an an impact NHL player. That's what we want. We want impact NHL players. You know, it's easy to find NHL players, guys that can play uh, a little bit and, and, but it's hard to find impact guys that really can change games um, and change organizations. And the more games that, or the more players like that that you have, I mean, just the more successful you're going to be. So you know, we're doing our best to find those guys. And then once we find them, hopefully we uh, it's our job to develop them.
0: I want fans to know we had uh, Chris Draper on who broke down all twelve draft picks. So if you really want to listen to it, I want to move on. There's more players I want to talk about, but uh, uh, because we only have Sean for a limited time today. Uh, but before that, you mentioned him already, and maybe I think maybe perhaps a steal in the draft, considering he was injured, had to miss hockey for almost a whole year. Uh, uh, Theodore uh, Niederbach, uh, he seems to be uh, a quite a, a highly skilled, quite a fine. How are things? I know his league just got shut down, but how is he doing?
1: Well, he was doing excellent up until this point. Obviously, he was, uh, you know, there, he, he led the league in scoring for large parts. I think he was second, you know, but regardless, he's, he's right up there, top two, three, in scoring in that J20 league. Um, you know, he's a kid that put, he's put a lot of work in, in order to get his, uh, coming off that leg injury, in order to get his strength back. And I think he's going to continue to need to do so. You know, he's got high, high hockey sense. Uh, he can make plays. He's got good skill, good ability. I think it's just his overall strength and skating uh, that we're going to continue to work on. But you know, like I said, he's off to a great start. There's lots to like for him.
0: Um, I want to go now to some of the uh, prospects of Red Wing players that uh, are either under contract or are are also playing in Europe who are doing very, very well. Let's go to the Czech Republic first, where two really key uh, uh, guys on uh, this coming year's Red Wing team, um, uh, Filip Zadina and uh, Filip Hronik, both of them playing in the Czech League. Let's start with Zadina. I know he had a little bit of a finger issue there, but seems to have... uh, uh, that seems to be better. He seems to be uh, starting to round into form.
1: Yeah, it's too bad he had the injury, but, you know, that's part of the game. He was playing very well up to that point. Um, but it's it, it's healed now, and he's back <clears throat> playing well. Uh, it's important that Z's playing. You know, I think he's a guy that um, <clears throat> really developed a lot last year, and it was, it was important for us to to get into a situation, which is quite easy, actually, over there. Obviously, his dad's assistant coach for the team, so it's easy for us to find a, a place for him to play. But um, it was important, you know, for, for us to, for, to have him get, get reps, you know, get out there, play in the game. You know, he put, put a lot of good effort in this, in, in, in this offseason to put on strength, and his skating looks better. Um, he scored some nice goals over there, so it's good that he's playing. He should be in a lot more better situation coming into training camp. Um, you know, than some of the guys that aren't, you know, I think with heronic as well, too, you know, no difference. Uh, happy that he's playing. He's playing very well. You know, he played for the national team in the Kajala uh, Cup and, and did very, very well for them. One of the best, you know, best defensemen in the tournament. Um, so he's progressing nicely. And like I said, I think we're excited to get camp going, whenever that may be, uh, and see how these guys over here are.
0: Right. And, and, and Sean, I want to clear, they will definitely come back uh, once camp begins a, a guy like Zadina Heneronic they're not going to stay over in Europe and continue playing. No Zadina heronic um, Lindstrom Rasmussen,
1: uh, who else might missing those guys for sure are coming back the, the
0: guys that are that are on loan for the year are Valeno and insider at this point. Okay, they're on. Okay, all right, great. Uh, let's talk about Michael Rasmussen playing in Austria. Uh, I know on Steve's last uh, Zoom call with the media, he was unclear if his league had hadn't shut down because some said it, well, is he injured. He wasn't even sure the league had started. Um, what? How's how are things going uh, for for Rass in Austria?
1: Oh, good. I think their league did shut down for a bit. Their team their their, their team was shut down for, due to some COVID uh, cases. Uh, but he's back. And, uh, he's back and going now. The team's playing. They're playing hockey, uh, and he's doing well. You know, Rass is another guy. We're happy we can find a place for him to play because, you know, he really, really. This off season, he he, 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 really found a new dedication. You know, to, to himself, to his, to his game, wanting to get better. He, he's ready. He feels like he's really ready to make, to make that next step and put a lot of work in on skating and off, and off the ice and strength and, you know. It, it, it was important for him to get to, to, to get in the league and in competitive situations, some competitive games, and
0: he's doing that now. So, you know, I always used to joke around with Michael that he was the the most serious 19-year-old in the history of the world. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and but I saw him last year in Grand Rapids and talked to him, and, and you know, I, I think this is well documented. I really like him. Uh, he's a real nice kid, and uh, he seemed almost at ease in Grand Rapids. And I don't think it was the pressure of not playing in Detroit. I think because he was playing center, and that's what he wants to do. Uh, I mean, so I, I guess you, competitiveness, uh, high hockey IQ, and I, I guess you got to be kind of comfortable in your own skin as well in order to make it.
1: Well, absolutely, I think Brass is—he's uh, obviously a guy that we started with on the wing here and played some center last year. I think we do him as, as a as a big center. Um, you know, they can play two hundred feet. And uh, and he's starting to improve that. You know, I think he's
0: excited for him to you know, improve himself this year. Well, good. I you know I, I wish the best for him. I mean his hand-eye coordination. I know I keep telling you, I keep to anybody that'll listen that it seems extraordinary for me for a guy who's you know a, you know a, a big a giant like six 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 seven. But uh, let's move on. Uh, you mentioned them. They're on loan in Sweden for the year. Um, how is Mo Sider doing? Every time I read a report on it. It only gets better and better. Maybe I'm prone to exaggeration, Sean, but it really looks like Mo is really rounding into a great player.
1: He is. You know, he really is. I mean, he's obviously still young, so there's there's still lots to, 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 to refine in his game and, and, and things to get better. Overall strength just needs to continue to improve, but he's playing really well. I mean, it's, in my opinion, the third-best league in the world. Um, and, he, you know, he stepped right in and roadblocks, played top minutes. Um you know, all situations and uh, and has done very, very well. So that's not easy to do at, at his age. And, uh, you know, like I said, Mo, uh, you know, Mo continues to progress and, and, and we're, we're, you know, we're excited by his development career.
0: I know that Joe Valeno is playing for Malmo over in Sweden. Maybe not a really great team, but uh, perhaps that's exactly what he needs because I'm under the assumption uh, when I read about him that he is basically playing in all situations. And uh, I know that uh, you're pretty close through because Joe's one of our bloggers as well. Uh, He talks about his relationship with you uh, that it seems like Valeno's in a really good situation.
1: Yeah, he is. You know, I think Joe was, was patient in, 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 in going over to Europe, uh, which proved to be, you know, a smart move. Obviously, going getting to into a place like Malmö, it's, it's an excellent organization, beautiful city. Um, and you, like you said, the team isn't great, but, you know, Joe's playing a ton and playing in all situations in a real good league. So, uh, you know, it's... Obviously, you know it is what it is. We, you know, we'd like to to, to win more, but who knows? I mean, your team can can get better, and that can change. But it's even more important to be playing and playing in all situations because that's the type of player that we view Joe as being. is a 200 foot player that should be able to both penalty kill, be in the power play, uh, play on the offensive side. But yet he's big enough and can skate well enough to be able to shut down other teams' top players. So that's a lot to ask out of anyone, uh, and that takes time to, to 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 mature into that type of role. But uh, you know, in order to do that, you have to be in situations where you're able to, and and that's you know that, 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 I think that was the that was the ease for us in loaning Joe for for the entire year is that we knew he'd be in that situation, and just with the uncertainty, you know, we have no idea when this was going to start, even if it was uh, the American leagues not starting until February. You know, the one thing about Europe, I think that league will finish in, in Sweden will finish in in mid in mid March and. You know, when, when Once they're eliminated, uh, you know, Joe will be heading right back over and playing where, wherever we see fit. So it's not like he'll miss the entire season over here. Um, you know, so it seems to be the best of both worlds for Joe.
0: Um, how about a guy who finally seems to be healthy, who really is tearing it up in the SHL, and that's uh, Jonathan uh, Berggren. Uh, I, I mean, we knew this kid was good. We heard this kid was good. Unfortunately, he couldn't stay healthy enough to stay on the ice to for us to see how good he is. Well, He's showing us right now exactly how good he is.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's having a real good season. Obviously there's lots of skill uh, with Jonathan there. You know, he's, he's he's a guy that can skate very well. Uh, He's a very good passer has good vision. You know, I think the one thing that he's working on and we talk about is just getting to the inside more, creating more shots. You know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, at times just always looks for the pass, which is fine because that's what he's good at, but you know, that's going to be a little bit easier to defend at the NHL level. So um, I know he's, you know, he's, he's looked into it and, and and he's working on it, and I think he's starting to, sweep, to see some of the rewards.
0: Well, that's that's excellent. I I, I want to talk about a guy who I thought played really really well in development camp. Then last year in Sweden had a great year. He's also a very very big player, and that's uh uh um Elmer uh um Elmer Soderblom. Um, how is he progressing? Because again, where he was picked, I believe it was sixth overall in 2019, uh, or in the sixth round, pardon me, um, that, uh, you know, he, he, again, seems to be a guy who is, uh, uh not only growing into his body, but growing into a pretty good hockey player.
1: Yeah. I think with Elmer, you know, he's, he's in a tough situation because he's, he's, you know, he's too good for junior, um.
0: You know, but but
1: but uh, it's difficult to get the minutes that he needs to in in the SHL for Lunda. You know, they're one of the top teams. They always have a strong, a strong group there. Um, But he's progressing nicely. You know, they think that that team in general does a great job of developing. You know, they have all the tools necessary there from skating coaches, skill coaches, a great workout program. Um, So he is getting better and better. And uh, you know, he's a guy that, um, like you said, he's got some real good tools. He's big. He can skate. Uh, he's got a good shot, and he's just trying to—he's starting to figure out just how, uh, you know, how how good and dominant he could be. Has to learn to use his size a bit more. I'd uh, Like to see him get a little more physical, protect the puck a little bit better. But you know, those are all teachable skills that he's working on.
0: Last fall, when I asked you about this player, I, uh, he came over to North America for the first time. He was playing in Grand Rapids. I said, maybe you're a little disappointed in his offensive numbers, and you—you you shot me down, Sean. You said absolutely not. It was Gus Lindstrom who came up to Detroit, did not look out of place. He's in Sweden right now. Uh, obviously, it seems that uh, Lindstrom obviously is one of those guys that gets it. How is his season going?
1: Um, good. You know, they're, 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 he he started off very well. You know, Gus is the guy, obviously, too, we wanted to play. You know, he's put a lot of work in, um, you know, in the summer. He was a guy that really needed to get in the gym, you know, right from when we dropped him and get stronger. But, you know, like I said to you, the sense was always there. You know, he makes good plays under pressure. He's got a lot of pro attributes. And, you know, he's a guy as well that, you know, like you said, when he came to Detroit, I thought he did an excellent job, did not look out of place at all, and looks to be a guy that, uh, you know, is going to play a lot of games for us, for us there, you know, in the future. So, you know, like I said, we're happy that he's playing. He's been, he's in, you know, in the Elstenskin, which is the second division there with the team that he used to play on. And the reason that he's there is because, um, You know, it gives us the ability to call him. We we didn't want to release him there all year long. We Mm want to be able to call him back over at the start of the season because, you know, we feel like he's a guy that's going to have a legit shot of making the opening night roster.
0: Um, I, I know that we're running out of time here, Sean, and I want to ask you real quickly about two players that there's a lot of interest in, and then we will say sayonara to each other. Um, a guy that maybe might be a little bit forgotten because he was kind of signed, and then the whole pandemic uh, really started to hit full force. That's uh, uh, Matthias Bromia, uh, a little bit of a late bloomer, uh, signed for only a year because of the rules. Uh, he, again, seems to be a guy that has, uh, I would assume, a real good opportunity here in Detroit once he uh, gets over here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we signed him as a guy that we thought that you know could has a chance of coming in and providing some offense uh, for us in the bottom six. He skates well, and you know, obviously, he, the, the benefit for him is that he's playing. You know, I think all the guys that are playing are going to have a step up on the guys that that aren't come training camp for obvious reasons. You know, it's it's hard to replicate the intensity and and structure uh, of of competitive of competitive hockey like in games, you know, in season hockey. So um, you know, like I said, we're, we're looking forward to having him coming over here and we'll see where he's at when he gets here.
0: All right. And finally, I want to ask and I know maybe goaltending isn't your strength, but Philip Larson had a pretty tough first year as a pro after, uh, being lights out in the USHL and also uh, at the college level. Uh, uh, how is Larson doing? Is he working himself out of maybe the, uh, you know, getting used to what it takes to be a pro?
1: Absolutely, I think it's another player that's you know we're fortunate that at least is uh, is is in structured in game play and is and and is over in Sweden playing because he's a guy that you know he's faced a little adversity last year, which isn't a bad thing because I think a lot a lot went well for him um, you know throughout his career up until this point, and and I think last year kind of made him realize I got to start putting some more more work in here and get more dialed in if I really want to become a you know a, a, a pro a, a, a legit prospect and a pro goalie and. You know, hopefully Lars over there—he—he's he, you know, on a good team. He's got he a good workout program this off season. Um, you know, he's got a guy that got to get stronger. But you know, I just think his—you know—his his motivation to get better—you um, know—got uh, got questioned last year and got pushed through that adversity that he faced. And and you know, I think uh, he's definitely shown you know, signs of improvement in that area. So. He's another guy too it, you know, goalies, goalies take longer, you know, that's, that's no secret. Very few goalies are able to step in right away and be effective. And, you know, most of them take longer. And, you know, he, we're, we you know, Phil, Phil Sphere, since he's comes on, has done has done a fantastic job with the goalies and, you know, he's on top of those guys. And I know, uh, you know, they're doing everything he can to, to help them improve.
0: You know, I know, and I promise this is the final question, Sean, because I know you have a big zoom call coming up here, but uh, I, 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 I know that Steve has requested it. It looks like the seven non-playoff teams are going to start training camp early. Will you be able to have any kind of development camp? Is there anything that you're going to be able to do with prospects just to get the prospects on the ice, just those guys without the big club or, or the, you know, the, the, the daunting big club, like watching over their shoulders. Is there any plan to do any kind of development camp or is that just something that's going to happen hopefully next September or July? Well,
1: that's impossible at this point because most of them are playing right so okay. you know like it's you, we can't get them away from their teams um so it's it's yeah it's just gonna have to wait till next summer
0: all right sean I, I mean i figured that was the answer but i definitely wanted it to go on record sean orkoff yep. red, red wing director of player development and assistant director of player personnel thanks for joining us on the red and white authority it's always a pleasure sean thank you very very much and uh we'll talk to you again very very soon no
1: problem Eric. thank you